You're listening to Fresh Ideas for Teaching. Hi, everyone. This is Walter. The Fresh Ideas for Teaching podcast is presented by Savas Learning Company. I'm here with my colleague, Maureen Martin, Manager for Professional Services at Savas Learning. Maureen, who do we have as our special guest today? Thanks, Walter. In this week's episode, we're talking with Jason Hoffman of Hempfield Schools in Pennsylvania about pilot evaluation and learnings from their successful pilots. Jason Hoffman is the elementary curriculum supervisor for the Hempfield School District in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Now in his 27th year in public education, he holds degrees from Messiah College and Millersville University. His certifications are in elementary K-6, reading specialist, and supervisor of curriculum and instruction. Jason began his career as a sixth grade teacher and then a fourth grade teacher. He also taught gifted education and math support and worked as an instructional coach and induction coordinator before moving to administrative roles in data, math, and all subject areas across K-6. His passions are curriculum, instruction, and data. In his current role, his priorities are providing teachers with the tools they need to bring high quality and engaging instruction to their own students and spending as much time as possible in classrooms. So welcome, Jason. We are honored to have you with us today to share your experiences with us. Thanks for having me. So your district is about 6,800 students across 10 schools located in the Lancaster PA area. Can you tell us a little about the district? Sure. So our district, as you said, has 10 schools, about 6,800 kids. Um, We have seven elementary buildings, two middle schools, and one high school. Um, Some of our elementary buildings are located in small towns and are more like neighborhood schools that are feeding from those areas. Um, But Lancaster County is also known for its rolling farmland, so we also have some schools out in the middle of fields as well. Um, We're a fairly diverse um, student population have a growing number of English learners coming to our schools. Um, We have great parent support for our district, great parent involvement. Um, It's just a great place to work and a great place to send your kids to school. So Jason, in your current role, you've run at least two pilots that I'm aware of. Are there more? No, just those two. Um, We've done one pilot for elementary math and are currently doing a pilot for elementary ELA. Great. Well, it may sound a little funny to ask you this, but for our benef- for the benefit of our listeners, can you tell us what prompted your district to do these pilots? Sure. Um, as we're looking at a pilot, you know, we're looking at grades K to six in our elementary buildings. So we're dealing with seven grade levels, about 550 students in a grade level. That's a lot of kids, um, but that also means it's a lot of money. So we're looking, as we do a math adoption or an ELA adoption, of spending close to or more than a million dollars. And so before we invest that money and make a decision, we want to make sure that the materials that we're selecting are the best ones for our teachers and for our kids. Um, you know, it's a little bit different at the secondary level. If you're picking an honors chemistry book, that might impact 100 students a year. Um, we're looking at a program that's impacting thousands of students a year and costing like I said, close to a million dollars. So you want to make sure that you're picking the right thing and that you do it right. That's right. And you mentioned earlier your interest in data as a driver. So I understand that you first went to Ed Reports for for information and background. And we agree at Savas that data is a key driver in most purchasing decisions, but teachers can have other things that are on their minds. So how did you determine which vendors to partner with as there are many of them out there to choose from? Sure. So 
as you mentioned, we went to Ed Reports first, took a look at their ratings on programs. Um, then through our intermediate units in the state of Pennsylvania, we have meetings that connect us with other school districts. So it was reaching out to people who have similar job roles and finding out what programs they were using and seeing you know, what other programs were out there. My role at that point was to pick several programs that we could bring to our teachers. As you said, there are hundreds of programs out there. So, you know, that's a, a fairly large task. We wanted to have teacher involvement, though. Um, and so, after looking at the Ed Reports data, hearing from other districts, um, we had our teachers come in and look at multiple programs. We had them take a look, um, see what things they liked, what they didn't like answer some questions, do some ratings for us. And that led us then to the programs that we were going to pilot. Well, I applaud you for including your teachers early in the process, which makes for a smoother endpoint and journey together. Uh, what was most important to you as you were narrowing that list of potential partners? One of the things that we really looked at was current research. Um, so for our math pilot, we really looked at seeing which programs were focused on those eight standards for mathematical practice, which programs had a lot of problem solving embedded in them, which ones had real world applications, which one involves some STEM components as well. As we were looking at ELA, we really wanted something that reflected the science of reading, something that took all of those components of Scarborough's reading rope and linked them all together. Um, so, you know, that, that research focused end was really important. We also wanted something that was easy for teachers to use. Um, you know, we have lots of programs, um, but if it's not something that's easily accessible for classroom teachers or that requires tons and tons of professional development, it's not something that we're able to sustain over time. Um, so th those were two key components. We also were looking at, you know, data. What is this program successful with students? So those were three things that we really looked at as we were selecting some of those programs to pilot. That's great. And I, again, I really appreciate the, the teacher lens on this that was foremost in your mind. So you mentioned also ease of use. And so with that, did you run these pilots concurrently with more than one vendor or did you do back to back over successive semesters? Talk a little about your design process. Yes. Yeah, so we did run concurrent pilots. Um, we piloted three programs for math and are currently piloting two programs for ELA. Um, we asked for volunteers to do those pilots, so no one was forced into the pilot. It was a totally voluntary experience. Um, we did have teachers in every grade level from K to 6 piloting each of the programs. That way, at the end, we had feedback from all of the programs from every grade level. Um, the other thing we did was that we did the pilot for an entire year. Um, it's one thing to pilot a unit or to pilot it for a couple of months, but to really get the feel for the program and to really understand how it works and see the student results, I believe you really have to do it for an entire school year. Um, so we ran those pilots for the entire year um, in with all of the programs um, so that we made sure we had the best data possible to make our decisions. Really a very, very thorough approach there. And so it does go without saying, I think, that you know, as folks consider uh, how to do a pilot and when to do a pilot, there's a lot behind the scenes between planning, running the pilot, making the decision. It's no small undertaking, especially when you're talking about a year-long approach. So 
based on that experience, what can you tell us about the little things, the things that might be not are not so obvious that a, a curriculum director may want to know before embarking on the journey, kind of a, a roadmap, if you will? So one of the things I think that's really important, we've already talked a little bit about, is involving teachers early. Um, they're the end user of this product. So if they're not involved from the ground the whole way up, it's not going to be successful. Um, so really making sure that you get that teacher involvement from the beginning is extremely important. Um, second thing is making sure that everything is done on a voluntary basis. So when we had teachers come in and look at these programs to figure out which ones we were going to pilot, that was, again, something that they decided that they wanted to be a part of. When we looked for volunteers to do the pilot, again, that was something that they volunteered to do. So those are two pieces that I think are important. Um, another thing is to make sure that you start early. Um, it sounds kind of silly, but with both the math and ELA pilot in October of the previous school year, I was reaching out to companies and sales reps, getting samples, getting information, um, because time flies. And so if you don't start early, you do not have the ability to schedule trainings and to get the materials that you need. So even though starting in October for a pilot for the following school year seems like way, way far away, it's not. You're, in, you're going to need that time. The other piece I think that really is important is to make sure that you have some sort of evaluation tool or something that you're going to use as teachers, administrators, and others come in and look at the materials um, so that you're not just getting, oh, I like this or I don't like that, but there's a consistent rating that you can use to really evaluate, you know, which programs are the ones that are going to work best with our kids. Um, so it was kind of like working through that process as you're getting ready to start a pilot. Um, there's a lot of planning on the back end that has to take place in order for it to be successful. So very true. And I think you just hit a, a key point there about defining your criteria for success, uh, kind of backwards mapping, if you will, from the outset so that you can identify those criteria. So what did, how did your team define a successful pilot? Yeah, so we really looked at two different criteria. Um, one was, of course, looking at student performance. So we have benchmark or diagnostic tests that we give three times a year. Um, so we were looking to see which programs led to the greatest growth for our kids between their fall benchmark and the middle of the year benchmark. Um, we also looked at teacher feedback. You know, what program was the one that was working best for them and working best for their kids? And those were the two main pieces of data that we used uh, when we were we were deciding upon which program that we had piloted was going to be the one that we adopted. Yep. So that's thank you for that. I think the combination of those two things can be pretty powerful. I did hear from our my, our colleagues, our team members, that you were very hands on throughout the process with your teachers during the both pilots that you're running. Um, can you tell us a little about that from your perspective of what that meant? rolling up your sleeves and getting in there. Yeah, so um, I was part of the trainings that the companies did. I wanted to make sure that I knew exactly what was being presented to the teachers and what that program should look like in action. Um, I made sure that I was in classrooms. As you mentioned in the introduction, I try to be in classrooms as much as possible. Um, mm -hmm. So I really made it a goal of mine to be in those pilot classrooms, seeing what was happening, seeing what was going on. Um, we scheduled monthly, more frequently if needed, touch-in points with the teachers 
that they were able to sign up in a Google Sheet um, for questions that they had. And then we were able to contact our sales reps and our trainers to make sure that they had time then to ask those questions and get answers to the questions that they had, hear from hear successes, hear concerns as well. Um, one of the other things that happens with these concurrent pilots is that you're piloting program A and you know that's the program that you've used, but you don't really get to see program B. You don't really know what that right. looks like. So one of the things that um, I did with our elementary math coordinator and elementary reading coordinator was we freed ourselves up um, to cover teachers' classes so that they could go visit the other classrooms. So that had two actual benefits, was it allowed the teachers to see the other program in action at their grade level, but it also allowed me to actually teach the program. Um, Because when I was in their classrooms, I was teaching the program they were piloting. Um, So that also gave me the perspective of not only seeing it from an administrator looking in, but actually from a teacher teaching in the trenches. Well, I really applaud you for that, being uh, being so hands-on and being willing to take that stance of what would it be to teach with this program? That gives you the indicators of ease of use right away, I'm sure. So uh, did you have any aha moments during either covering classes and teaching or supporting teachers with their questions throughout? I think um, the biggest aha moment, and I've seen this multiple times um, in pilots I've done, not only in this district, but in other districts, is that sometimes first impressions are not what happens in the long run. Um, So sometimes the program that everybody loves in September and October is not the program that we end up going with when we have to make a decision in February or March. Um, So for me, that really points out the importance of doing a pilot for more than a couple of weeks because your first impressions sometimes are not correct. Um, so that was the biggest aha moment. We saw that um, in in many pilots that I've been a part of. And so I think it's um, just points out the importance of you know a, a pilot that lasts for a significant period of time. Really gives you a chance to dig in and, and see things through from start to finish, as you said. So let's talk a little bit about the evaluation phase, right? When it comes down to uh, going through the process, having the teachers comfortable with the materials, actually teaching with the content, Um, but then it does become a decision-making time. And I'm sure, like you said, you've got teachers that have only worked with one program, not the other. It's great they had a chance to see it, but how did that play out when it came time to voting? Yeah, so um, we really respect the opinions of our teachers and we wanted to make sure that their viewpoints were heard and so what happened when it came to the time to make a recommendation to our school board um, was we had all the second grade teachers who were piloting all the first grade teachers were piloting third grade teachers who were piloting Um, we met we put them in a room together sat them around a table um, and they had a list of questions that they had answered ahead of time, the, the advantages they saw of the program, things that they you know, experienced throughout the process that they thought maybe were areas for growth or weaknesses. And we had them have a discussion with each other. Um, and by the time they were done with that discussion, we asked them as a group to rank the programs in order, one, two, three for math. And we'll do the same thing with ELA, first place, second place. Mm-hmm. And we asked them as professionals to come to a decision as far as what their recommendation was going to be. Um, At the same time, I had collected, as I mentioned earlier, that diagnostic data 
to know which program actually had the greatest student results as well. Um, and so we had those two pieces of data. Fortunately, when we made our math decision in the grade levels and in the data from assessments, the same program came out on top in both. Um, and so we lucked out with that, that everybody agreed. I'm sure it's rare to to reach a unanimous vote, um, but it does sound like you had a, a great group of teachers that were collegial in their approach. And it sounds like they were working from a, a rubric. Can you talk a little about that or other criteria that you had? Uh, did you create them? Did the teachers create them? And how did that play into evaluation? Yeah, we created those rubrics as a district. Um, they really focused a lot on instructional strategies, um, looking at the kinds of resources that were available for students um, in terms of remediation, interventions, materials that were going to push students who needed that little bit of extra push, um, looking at assessments, looking at the online resources that were available, in addition to giving an overall synopsis of the strengths and weaknesses of the program, we also wanted to have them look at individual pieces related to instruction um, and, and the types of additional resources that were available. So you just mentioned the variety of things that were important to you and to your teachers in the evaluation process. And there are certainly, there's a lot of ways one could go with this. Um, you mentioned ease of use, you mentioned student growth. And so did you go to any websites or outside resources to help you craft those rubrics? Did you rely on other districts' experience? Um, talk a little about that. I know from our colleagues that you've been able to share your experience with neighboring districts. So did you also rely on them to help you through the process? Yes. Um, I think, as I mentioned our intermediate unit is fairly active in having job-alike groups meet. And so from those experiences, you you know what other districts are going through, what programs they're piloting, what programs they've adopted. And so you you do work collegially with them to to be able to, you know, share materials and share resources. So we did develop the rubric ourselves, but it was, you know, certainly based upon others that have been used in, in neighboring districts or things that we found online, um, you know, to, to help create something that we're not starting from ground zero, but we are creating something that's going to work best for our district. That's right. It, I think you, you're right to that. We, it has to be specific to your needs in the district and also something that ensures you're, you're covering all the, the big ones like the standards and, and such. Uh, Pennsylvania is unique with the is not unique with having clearing houses through the IU, so you can lean on them for support as well. So before we go, I am asking everybody as part of this series to tell our listeners one piece of advice that you might have for either a new curriculum director or one that has not previously run a pilot that's looking to do so. Kind of your 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 last pearl of wisdom here. Okay, so I might fit two into that. The first Great. one is start early. And the second one is involve teachers from that earliest moment. And I think if you do those two things, you'll have a successful pilot. Oh, that's amazing. I, I'm going to steal those, Jason. Thank you. Um, 
we could probably talk a long time on pilots and evaluation criteria and successful experiences. I am so grateful for you to be here today with us and to share your thoughts with other curriculum directors that are embarking on this journey for perhaps their first time. So really appreciate it. Thanks for being here today, Jason. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. All right, Walter. So back to you. That's all the time we have for today. Many thanks to our guests for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Fresh Ideas for Teaching podcast. Until next time. This Moving Learning Forward series is presented by Savas Learning Company, a next-generation learning company providing award-winning solutions for grades pre-K through 12. Visit savas.com today to request pre-K through 12 curriculum samples for your school or district. And you can keep the conversation going by following us on social media at Savas Learning with hashtag moving learning forward.